Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Nerd Unscripted. This is your host with the most something. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what yet. Um, but anyway, welcome to Nerd Unscripted. Uh, this week I thought it'd be fun to talk about money mindset. Uh, it's one of my favorite topics. Excuse me, something that I'm constantly focused on. And I've been talking about it a lot lately. Some of our employees have come to me and asked about different things. Um, and then I've also um, got an opportunity to talk to my son-in-law on Sunday about about things a little bit. And it just kind of sparked something um, in me again that uh, this would be a good platform to share on some of the discoveries that Chris and I have made and uh, some of the practices that we have in place. Because um, the reality is, based on my experience anyway, um, the reality is that if you're struggling in your business or there's challenges with finances or different things like that, the problem isn't ultimately the money. (laughs) The problem is your mindset. It's your, the way you think, your belief system. And I know that that seems suspect at times. And it's like, well, it can't really be that because the reality is X. I work this many hours per week. I make this amount of money per hour. And so the math is the math. And boom, that's where I am. But that really is just an observation. That doesn't make it true. It's the way I look at it. I mean, hell, if I lived my life and reacted based on observation, I'd be screwed. I mean, just just incredibly screwed. That's all there is to it. Uh, I mean, I remember a time where, um, you know, you, I took a look at my PayPal account and it was like $180. And um, I had to pay nine or ten thousand dollars in bills within three days four days something like that and uh that kind of tests your gusto (laughs) kind of sees okay either this works or it doesn't work and i chose that it was just going to work i didn't allow fear and worry and stress and all of that to overtake my thinking um just kind of stared down the barrel and said i have no idea how this is going to work out I have nothing in place that's going to cause it to work out, but somehow I know that it is going to work out. And that was just kind of my position. And a funny thing about that is that it did work out. And the money that I needed came in um, when it needed to, and everything got taken care of. And uh, it was kind kind of awesome just to see it play out. So how how can we accomplish things like that like how do we do things like that or any of us you know is there really anything to it or not and i shared my story uh, a little bit in the past about my evolution of how i think about money because there was a time where um honestly i was doing the same things essentially that i'm doing now <laughs> along with some of the, the same customers that i have still Um, and I made a fraction of what I make now and it's not like I'm teaching anything different. It's not that I'm teaching anything more. 
than what it was before. The price points are all very similar. It's just that my income has increased by a factor of 10. So how did I do that? Well, I noticed that I had some very serious uh, skewed views when it came to money. I didn't know how to think about it. I, you know, I grew up, my parents weren't poor, um, but whenever I was young, you know, they uh, got into a place like a lot of um, people do where they bought furniture on credit and they bought other things on credit, you know, vehicles and stuff. And then all of a sudden, you know, you lose a job or something like that and you have a hard time. And been there, done that, you know, like many of us, uh, where, you know, I mean, I've, I've been on food stamps. I've, uh, had my house foreclosed upon, saved it at the last minute, but, uh, you know, there's this thing about not paying your mortgage for 10 months that, you know, the powers that be don't really like that, but I had no income, so I couldn't really do it. Had my family, like I said, on food stamps and all that, but I ultimately I gave those up voluntarily, which kind of freaked out the uh, the officials or the guys that took care of that. <laughs> He's like, are you sure? And I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But um, I discovered that kind of like Einstein's definition of insanity, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. And I didn't like the results that I was getting, but um, every month... Uh, and we're talking uh, 11, 12 years ago, okay? Um, every month I went through this cycle of extreme worry, extreme dis uh, depression and stress of how am I going to pay my bills? Um, because I had this thing. I mean, I worked for, um, you know, the publishers for years. And I had a secure job. I was making really good money there, like $32 an hour, which in the late 90s is really good money, you know. And um, I was working 60 hours a week, but still. Um, so, I, you know, I was doing that. I had full health benefits, all of that kind of stuff. And I walked away from it all to start my first business. And... Um, my first wife, who we were married at that time, freaked her out because of, you know, the whole security factor. And things went fine initially, and then then they didn't. <laughs> and, um, you know, the bottom fell out of my business. Um, I was making no money. I made about $1,000 a month is what it averaged out to, um, which you can't live on that, by the way, in case you've not tried that. It's nearly impossible to live. Um, but I applied for jobs that I was qualified for, or in some of their words, overqualified for, but I didn't care. I needed money. I needed income. And so it was like either 13 or 16, I don't remember now, um, applications that I applied for actual jobs that I were in my field, like graphic design and stuff. Never got a callback once. And, um, you know, my father-in-law was uh, really on my case, and rightly so. You know, you need to provide for your family, and you need to do whatever it takes. And, you know, I don't know why you're messing around with online stuff and, you know, whatever. 
And he was right. And in my mind, I was trying to provide for my family, but I just couldn't figure it out. And so um, that's when I discovered, as I've shared previously, that I was stuck in this cycle of worry and stress over money and income. And ultimately, you know, it came in. The bills got paid. Like, everything turned around. Ultimately, the bills were getting paid and everything was fine. But I realized that there was this part of me that needed to save the day. And so um, I was creating scenarios so that I could save the day. And uh, that combined together with um, just people that I was spending time with. You know, I had shared previously that I was reading the book Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Eker. And in his introduction, he mentioned about, you know, your financial situation is basically the sum total of your five closest friends. And it's like, I need new friends, you know? <laughs> and so ultimately I made a really tough decision. I fired all of my friends. I just stopped spending time with them and started searching for new friends who were successful, who were prosperous and all of that, because I wanted to discover how they thought about money. Cause I knew based on reading that I was doing, um, uh, Dr. Joe Vitale, you know, his book, Attractor Factor, and before that it's called Spiritual Publishing. That's one of the books that got me started. There were others like Happy Pocket, Full of Money, and other books like that, that showed me and reflected to me that my headspace was in the wrong space. And uh, one of the things that I discovered, and I think it came all, uh, originally from Russell Brunson, actually, if I remember correctly. It's been a long time ago. Um, but he, he started talking about um, how whenever he would approach things from a financial perspective, he had a hard time with big numbers, and so he would chunk, chunk them down to where they were manageable. In other words, like if you need to raise $1,000, um, $1,000 seems like a challenge to anybody, you know. Uh, but whenever you break that $1,000 down, so let's say you have a week to come up with $1,000. And let's say that you're, you have a product that you want to sell that's 27 bucks. It could be anything. It could be a digital product. It could be a craft. It could be something e-com or whatever. So if you need $1,000 and you divide that by 27, just to use that number, you come out to 37 averaged, okay? So 37 sales of a $27 product and you have your thousand bucks. You divide that 37 by seven, which is a week. You come up with 5.29. So we'll just, for grins and giggles, keep it at five. So what that means is instead of thinking I need a thousand dollars, which seems like a lot, I need, to, I need to come up with $1,000 in seven days somehow, right? That seems like a really challenging task. But I never think that way um, because it just, it don't work, you know. Uh, what I found, though, is when you do the math, seven days, five sales at $27 equals 1000 bucks at the end of seven days. So my focus is five. I need to find five people in a day to buy my product, just five. 
If I find more, awesome. If I find less, then I have to make up for it the next day. And so whenever you task your brain with five, five is a small number. That's not even a, you know, a full week, you know. And so finding five is easy. Finding a thousand is hard. Uh, so that's how I handle everything. It's one of the mind hacks that uh, that we both use. Um, and then another thing that often comes up is, um, you know, whenever you're really under the gun, you're really under pressure. Uh, you, and I might have talked a little bit about this in the recent past. I don't remember. I talk a lot, so I can't remember what I share and when. But um, one of the things that um, that I really pay attention to that I kind of alluded to earlier, uh, speaking of mind hacks, is that um, our brain's job is to protect us. And so there's an element of fight or flight that we have. And uh, so whenever our well-being is being threatened, fight or flight kicks in. It's one of the reasons why whenever things aren't going the way we expect, um, that we panic, you know, it's fight or flight. What are we going to do? And, uh, uh, is everyone else hearing me? Okay. Lori's having some sound problems, which isn't unusual for go to webinar. You might want to try logging out and logging back in Lori. Anybody else having sound problems who are here? Uh, Tony says it's bouncing about a bit. William says it sounds good. Every once in a while. Okay, I'm not quite sure why that's happening, but it could just be me turning my head. You know, like, kind of like a car going forward and, you know, and then it passes you how it sounds higher and then lower. <laughs> I was moving around a little bit, so it could have been my fault. So I'll try to stay focused on um, just my microphone. I do have my office window open, so there could be some background noise from that. Sounds more like a door like turning its head. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, so anyways, I'll stay more focused on my microphone and we'll see how that goes. Um, it could be any number of factors. So we'll just try to make the best of it. The good, um, the good news is that with me recording it straight to my computer replay should be awesome. Okay. So fight or flight. Whenever we feel panic, um, when things aren't going the way we hope they would or they expect they would, especially when it comes to money and those kinds of things, understand that you are dealing with chemicals in your brain that are prompting you to flee. <laughs> you know, it's like things aren't going to work out. You need to keep yourself safe, right? Um, it's important to recognize and understand that that is going on when it comes to uh, challenges that we face. How do you get past that, though? I mean, because it's a chemical response. So what I have found is, um, like what I use personally in those kind of situations, is logic. 
uh, to a certain extent. And the logic kind of runs like this. It's a story of sorts that kind of runs like this. And I'd love to say that it originated with me, but it didn't. It originated in my head somehow. So either it was inspired by God or whoever. But it came to me and it works extremely well. And it's kind of like this. So you're facing a situation. You're not quite sure how it's going to work out. Um, but it doesn't look good in the moment. And you feel the panic starting. You feel the stress, the worry starting. And I remember specifically being in a situation like that. And all of a sudden, this thought popped into my head. Um, why are you worried? Like, because of this situation, <laughs> you know, this is where we are. And, and then the, the conversation continued. Well, haven't you been in tough spots before? Yes. How did those work out? Well, ultimately they did work out. So then why, uh, what makes you think that this time it's not going to? What evidence do you have that this time you're going to fail? when all the other times it worked out. It's very logical. And what I discovered was over a period of years of facing some challenging situations is that every time, ultimately, even though it seemed like the world was going to end, I survived it. I got through it. And I've started actually using that now as a weapon where, um, against my freak out brain, so where I was like, why are you freaking out? Because, you know, what proof do you have that you're going down this time, that this time is the time where, you know, you're going to lose everything. You have to file for bankruptcy, uh, shit's going down, you know, like what proof do you have that it's going to happen? And the reality is that we almost never have proof. Um, rather, uh, instead, we tend to focus very often on what could happen. And you understand that whenever we're stressing out, we're stressing out on uh, based on fiction. It's not real. It could be real, but it hasn't become real yet. And so a lot of people get worked up. They get stressed out. I used to do the same thing. Uh, we start worrying like crazy. I don't know how we're going to do this. But it hasn't happened yet. But you're supposing that it could happen. And I guess it could. But you're making life choices based on fantasy. Not based on reality. Because all the reality proof that you have is that in most cases... Every other situation you faced, it worked out. But we forget all of that. Yeah, but that was then. This is now. This is different. How is it different exactly? You know? Uh, this is just a mind trick, okay? It's nothing more than that. It's, it's actually a form of metal, mental discipline where you force your brain to say, you know, basically say, knock it off. You don't have any proof that it's going to, you know, that life as we know it financially is going to end. Uh, and I want you to think about that. I mean, you know, all of us who are here, we all have different stories. We all have different experiences. But 
it's important to just challenge it. Like I used to live my life like a game of bumper pull, you know, where you're just bouncing off of things all the time and hoping that you get to where you belong. Uh, and then I discovered that you can control it. You know, you can take control of your life. And I mean, I have put this to the test in the most extreme of situations, you know, where if anybody looked at the situation of money income versus money outgo and what was needed in a certain time frame and all of that, you'd be like, you're screwed. <laughs> it's not going to happen. There is no way you can pull this off. And at the time, I couldn't tell you how I'd pull it off any more than I could tell you, you know, what color clothes you're wearing, <laughs> all of you, you know. I have no idea. Um, but somehow, it works out. Now, am I special? Not any more than you are. You know, have I figured some things out that work? Perhaps. But one thing that I've really concluded uh, is this, and that is uh, mental toughness. We need to be tough mentally. Um, we need to pay attention to the words that come out of our mouth and why we believe what we believe about money. You know, money is the root of all evil. No, the love of money is the root of all evil. Um, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. Uh, no, it's just made from them, <laughs> you know, but there's silly little things like that, you know, well, uh, Jesus was poor, supposedly, so, and he was holy, therefore, if I am poor like Jesus, then I'm going to be more holy. Like, nobody actually says that, but yet their actions say that. I've met many people like that. Um, and so there's a lot of different kinds of things like that, that we have to be aware of, you know, those, like one of my big ones that I shared just a moment ago, getting the rush out of saving the day. Like that's a chemical addiction to our brain chemicals, you know, the adrenaline rush of figuring it out and becoming the hero. I mean, who doesn't want to be the hero, but what if you could, uh, manage your finances without having to create scenarios where you're always saving the day? I mean, what would that look like? That'd be kind of awesome, right? Um, and so every time I'm facing an impossible situation, and Kristen will attest to this because she's, you know, there's been times where she's like, I know what you're going to say, but, and now she just repeats it directly. I don't even have to say it anymore. She's just like, I know everything is going to work out and everything, but still, you know, uh, but she will tell you, I, it's a mantra for me, uh, because the reality is that every single time for years, it's worked out somehow. Um, you know, we haven't gone down and I have no intention to, um, and there can be circumstances obviously that are extreme, you know, like death, <laughs> you know, that kind of takes you down. Um, you know, some of the craziness of the wildfires. Uh, that are out there where people are losing everything, um, you know, and that's insane. But yet you watch some of those people. There are some folks who have lost everything and they'll bounce back. There are other folks that have lost everything and they won't. What's the difference between the two? I believe it's mental toughness. 
It's their belief system or their mindset. It's why if you take a billionaire and you strip them of everything, they'll be back to a billion dollars in a matter of time, a year, maybe two. You know, and the same is true here uh, with all of us. Uh, it just comes down to what we choose to believe, and it's a choice. We have to choose to believe it. Sometimes we have to choose that everything is going to be okay a hundred times a day. You know, um, but as I mentioned, something for you to consider. Look at reality, you know, what you're worrying about. What proof do you have that it's really going to happen? And if you don't have proof that it's going to happen, then why not just choose to believe that the opposite is going to happen? That somehow or another, I mean, if we're talking fantasy, why not believe that it's just going to work out instead of believing that it's not? You know, you need a job and you, you want your ideal job. You don't want to settle. But everything you've tried doesn't work out. Maybe there's a reason why it doesn't work out. You know, and it isn't that you're stupid or that you suck. You know, it could be that, you know, like the classic thing of guy digging for diamonds and he quits right before he hits the vein. Um, there's a lot of people that I see do that. They give up too soon. Um, one of my nicknames from back when I was a cover designer was uh, a play on my name, Tony. Um, the publisher called me Tonacity because I just never gave up and I'm still that way. That isn't always a strength. Um, there's, you know, like Kenny Rogers says, sometimes you got to know when to hold them and when to fold them. And, uh, I'm stubborn. So, you know, Aries, <laughs> it's just like, I'm not giving up ever. And, uh, sometimes it's not a matter of giving up. It's knowing when to make the next move. You know, um, I've talked before about paying attention to the still small voice. Uh, we talked about that last week in, um, excuse me, talking about synchronicities. And there is an element that plays into that um, where you get things might not be going the way you expect. You may need extra cash, whatever the case may be. The car breaks down. Why does it seem like every time things start to go my way, all of a sudden the car breaks down? You know, the roof starts leaking, blah, blah, blah. Do you hear what you're saying? You know, you really want to pay attention to what you're saying. Um, and so for us, even though things, you know, we're not rolling around in piles of cash, which I would prefer to be doing, um, cause we would just invest it in other things. Um, everything is getting taken care of. You know, our bills are met every week. Um, our payroll is paid. Inventory is ordered. Sometimes not in as timely manner as I would prefer. I mean, payroll, we have no choice, but, um, you know, or that we can develop businesses as quickly as we, we'd prefer to. I'd like to go faster in some time, in some cases, and we just can't, you know. So I'm not going to worry about it. Um, it's like, well, this really stinks. You know, obviously we did something wrong to deserve, you know, this craziness that we're going through right now. Um, but there's no proof that we did anything wrong, you know. It really does come down to 
guarding our minds, guarding our mouths, making uh, positive choices instead of negative ones, and thinking about money or anything else for that matter from a chunked perspective. It's, it's the whole thing of how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time. That's really what that comes from. And it works extremely well. So, um, so you need a thousand dollars, but you don't need a thousand dollars. You need five. Five sales of twenty-seven dollar product for seven days equals roughly a thousand dollars. So that's the one mind hack. Then the other mind hack is um, since you don't have proof that you're going to sink this time, but you do have proof that you've made it before then why not focus on the success rather than the failure, the perceived failure? Okay, that's another mind hack. Um, Another mind hack that we use a lot is about worry and stress. So think think about it this way, and I've shared this before as well. How much worry and stress, anxiety, depression, you know, fill in the blank, do you think it would take How many hours of that do you think it would take to move you forward towards success? The reality is that there is no amount of stress that you can experience or live through or whatever that's going to make you more successful than what you are right now. It don't work that way. So you can't worry yourself out of a tough situation. You can't stress yourself out of a tough situation. However, you can choose to not go there. When you feel it's starting to build up, you know, one of the things that I do is I start with um, gratitude, giving thanks for what I have now. Um, Gratitude is powerful. We've talked about it before here. Um, it works. Um, I also focus on the fact that we are surrounded by abundance. You don't believe it? Walk outside. You know, the grass isn't freaking out about whether or not it's going to be able to grow. Flowers aren't like, man, you know, I've come back every year, but this year, I just don't know if I got it in me. You know, said no perennial ever. (laughs) Um, Birds aren't stressed out about how they're going to eat. You know, I mean, even the Bible talks about this kind of stuff, right? They don't freak out or stress out. Like, we have a family of robins that returns here every year. It's not like they show up in the spring again and are like, damn it, Tony, we're over you. You know, nothing here to eat. You cut down all the trees. So, obviously, you don't want us. So, we're out of here said that Robert family never every year they keep coming back we cut down the trees they come back build a nest in the gazebo another year they build a nest in the you know um, bamboo that we have it's like they're very inventive (laughs) so they didn't leave Um, but yet we look at things differently because we're much more educated you know we're much smarter Um, when all we need to do is pay attention to nature and see it around us and realize, you know what? We really are surrounded by abundance. Go outside and take a deep breath. There's abundance of air out there waiting to be breathed. You know, even this time of year,
Here in Pennsylvania in October, it's dropping down to freezing at night, but my grass is still there. You know, trees are still, well, we don't have trees, but the neighbor's trees are still there. Um, you know, abundance. And the reality is that that abundance we can see, but let's say we need that extra thousand bucks. Like I can't look out my window and there's, you know, $1,000 bills just kind of hanging out there somewhere. That'd be awesome. I'd love that. Um, but we're surrounded by abundance, even though we can't always see it. It's a matter of tipping our hat, so to speak, to the universe or to God and saying thank you, you know, that we are indeed surrounded by abundance. I don't know how, uh, how it's coming to me, but it, that part's not for me to figure out. And I mean, I've had times where um, I'd have an idea come to me that was so random, but I've gotten smart in my years <laughs> to where if an idea comes to me, you take action on it, uh, provided that you feel like the timing is right. And, you know, an idea comes to me in the morning, I jump on it right away. And by evening, I've made sales. And, you know, the previous day, that idea didn't even exist in my brain. And then all of a sudden, there it is. So what I've discovered is that in most cases, not all, but in most cases, whenever we're struggling um, in business, in finances, and those kinds of things, we're usually the culprits. You know, either we created the scenario that we're in now, and now we're feeling the pain of it all, or... We don't know any better, and we're we're not monitoring our speak, our language. So we're just saying random shit out there all the time, you know. It's like, uh, like of course nobody's buying my product. I'm stupid. You know, why would they want to buy from me? I'm a nobody. You know? Well, there's a positive affirmation that's going to make you rich. <laughs> Sarcasm. You know? Uh, so... What does that mean then? Well, that brings us to the next mind hack that really isn't a mind hack as much as it is just extremely crucial to your success. And that is you have to believe in yourself. You have to see your own value, your own worth to understand that you matter because the reality is you do. You know, you're here on the planet breathing in air just like the rest of us. So that fact alone means that you're here for a reason. Nobody else on the planet is like you. Nobody else on the planet thinks like you, has your life experience, sees things from the perspective that you do, and that gives you value. Whether you see it or not is immaterial. That's just faulty thinking. But we're all here for a reason. So we have to recognize our own worth. We have to recognize our own uh, love, you know, that we're cool, that it's all right for us to love ourselves. Um, not to say that we never did anything bad or wrong or whatever. Um, we all have, you know, myself included, but that doesn't mean that we can't still love who we are as a person. It doesn't mean that we don't have value, you know, or that we suck or whatever, because, from my perspective, what I found is that ultimately it doesn't really matter what we think other than the fact that we love ourselves and that we believe in ourselves 
I don't care what other people think. Um, you know, I set out on a quest five years ago to embrace the real Tony, whatever that meant. And I was nervous about it, honestly, because there were parts of who I am as a person that I didn't think people would like, you know, because it was weird. Um, and yet here are you guys, a bunch of weirdos, you know, listening to me, sharing all my weird stuff and you haven't all run away. Um, and that's kind of cool. I mean, I'll give you an example of weird. Here's Tony weird. So, um, Sunday we had a surprise birthday party for my daughter. She turns 30. She turned 30 and my ex-wife was here and her dad was up visiting. So he was here, my ex-father-in-law, which Bill is really cool. I mean, he's 80 now, I think, but the fact that he survived my ex-wife's, uh, mom for decades and decades is and a real uh, <laughs> strong attribution to him. But anyway, um, we have found from past experience that whenever my ex-wife is here and her husband and all of that, that usually there's little critters that decide to stay. And by critters, I mean unseeable critters. And I share that with no disrespect to my ex-wife. Um, I honestly, I wish that that weren't true for her because it has really caused a lot of pain for her in her life. But um, the reality is that it is what it is. And it, we, we know it. Kristen and I have seen it. If we don't address it uh, as soon as she's left, um, we notice it. We notice changes in the house. The, the energy in our house changes. Weird stuff starts happening. Um, and so yesterday, Monday, the day after I was in a really pissy mood. I don't know why, uh, why well, I know why, but it was just like, I felt like this cloak of depression or something was just on me. And that's not me. I'm not like that at all. Um, if there is an optimist on this planet at all, it's me. And so for me to feel dejected or whatever is highly suspect and unusual. And I, right away, I knew what was going on. Um, Kristen and I hadn't prayed over the house after everyone left. We didn't smudge or anything like that. So this morning, we had made up our mind that we were going to do it today. And uh, this morning, like every Tuesday, my mom came over for breakfast and we were telling her about it because my mom was here also for the party. And I was talking about how I felt yesterday, uh, which how I felt was certainly not abundant and successful. <laughs> I felt anything but. Um, uh, again, which is very highly unusual for me. Uh, and so we were talking to my mom about it. And, uh, you know, mom says, well, what do you think it's from? And I said, well, you know, Deborah used to have this familiar and he always caused a lot of problems. And if we didn't keep him at bay, you know, weird stuff would start happening. And, you know, and so I'm talking about this thing. All of a sudden, the lights over our table start blinking. They go off, they come on, they go off. Not in the rest of the house, because I'm watching other lights in our house. 
you know, because I could see like the outside lights and all that, they're all fine, just the one directly above our table. Blinking off, blinking on, all this kind of stuff. And so I looked over at my mom, Kristen sitting across to me, and mom is to my right. And I looked over at my mom and I pointed up at the light and I said, see what I mean? We really need to smudge, <laughs> you know? And uh, I didn't, honestly, I'm not quite sure what my mom thought about it. I, she knows a little bit of some of the weirdness that's happened here at the house in the past, you know, decade ago. But uh, honestly, this is the first time where, uh, in a long time, where we've seen physical interaction with, you know, negative energy, if you want to call it that. And so, you know, we said goodbye to mom. And Kristen said, I think you need a mega smudge today. <laughs> and so uh, I have a shell and we loaded it up with sage and tobacco and some sweet grass and stuff. And we prayed through the entire house, went to the basement, went through all the rooms in the basement, uh, opened up the basement door. So whatever could leave, uh, came upstairs, went through the entire house upstairs and it feels different now. Everything's fine. Uh, and so it sounds weird and wacky perhaps to some of you, or maybe your approach is different. I just found that for me, um, taking that approach works extremely well. Um, it's never not worked ever. Um, and as I've shared previously on other shows, uh, we've encountered some really weird and wacky crap. Um, honestly, and I just assume not ever again, but when it happens, I'm ready. Uh, so to me, even that is part of success. It's not like it goes back to mental toughness again, I think, where it's like, what the hell is going on with my light? You know, <laughs> and freaking out and stuff like that doesn't serve any good whatsoever. Freaking out, panicking. Um, you know, losing our wits, all of that. How exactly does that get us to where we want to be? It doesn't. It's just like acknowledging, okay, this is going on. This is not what I want in my life. This is not ideal. So I'm going to make a different choice. You know, I'm going to get that thing out of my house. I'm going to, you know, make a different uh, attitude choice. Sometimes the only thing we can change looking at our situation is our mind. It's the only thing we can change sometimes. But that, in reality, is the most important thing we can change because then everything else just aligns. It, uh, understand that um, anything with any kind of energy, uh, which from a natural perspective, you're talking about things like rivers, streams, hurricanes and tornadoes, um, the galaxy, <laughs> the orbit of the earth. Everything has flow to it. The electromagnetic uh, uh, belts and everything that go around the earth, the radiation belts, all of that has flow to it. It's constantly moving. The same is true with our regular lives, uh, especially regarding money, success, those kinds of things. There's flow there. Um, it has to constantly flow. Uh, it comes in, it goes out. 
Sometimes it goes out more than it comes in, it seems. But when you think about it, the way we make money or anything else, relationships, it's true for this as well. Um, it's it's kind of like breathing. Like, think about if you become conscious of your breathing, you're inhaling and you're exhaling, and you do it without even thinking about it. It's just auto-programmed into our brain. There's controls that just make that happen without us even thinking about it. We don't think about the breath, you know, until we can't breathe. Then that's a different scenario. But we don't think about breathing. It's in and out. You know, we don't think about our heart pounding away, you know, getting the blood through our body. You know, it's flowing. Our nervous system is flowing. The electrical currents are going up and down. It's flowing. The lymphatic system in our body is flowing constantly. So we ourselves are um, a natural, in a natural state of flow when we're healthy. Our earth is in a natural state of flow when it's healthy. Um, sound, light, all of it is in a natural state of flow because energy flows. You, you even go down to the atomic level, what's happening? You have constant state of motion. You know, it's spinning around the neutrons and all of that. You got, uh, it's, you know, depending on the kind of element you're talking about, there's a constant state of movement, constant state of flow. Money is the exact same way. It comes in, it goes out, comes in, it goes out, comes in, it goes out. Um, and it's not that we can't dam up part of it and store some of it. You know, saving money is a good thing. But we can't do that with all of it. Or if we have blocks, and very often those blocks are emotional um, or mental belief systems, those kinds of things. What happens when a beaver logs a, a stream, you know, builds their house? They're just trying to provide for their family, but it stops the flow, right? Water don't get through. And so money is the same way. We have to pay attention to if there is no flow there, something is going on. It could be something simple like we're bitter towards somebody. It could be something like that. It could be that, you know, we grew up in struggle and we've allowed struggle to define who we are today. It could be anything and it's going to be different for each one of us. But once you identify, first of all, that there is something, you may not know what it is. Second of all, it's discovering what that something is. And third of all, it's understanding what you can do to get rid of that. It's three parts. That's what I found. And um, how I've gotten through those situations every time is, first of all, starting off with recognizing that something is wrong. Like, this isn't going the way I think it should, so something is wrong. And then it's a matter of just, like for me, praying, meditating, whatever, and then really paying attention to whatever pops into my head, no matter how random. If there's emotion attached to it, then chances are likely that that's it. If there is no emotion attached to it, like I was saying last week with synchronicities, then it may not be it. Um, sometimes it takes time. Um, but when we get that breakthrough, like, 
Ah, so this is what's causing the problem. Um, then we have to uh, determine how to best move past that. It might just be like one of the issues that I had uh, once was that I had um, buried grief from when my great-grandmother died. And I was like uh, eight years old, so I didn't know how to process grief. Um, and so I buried it because I didn't know any better. And it took me until I was in my 40s to recognize that it was even there and what it was causing, a lot of anger and stuff like that. And, I mean, I just drove to her house, which, you know, other people live there now, and sat outside her house and just had a conversation with her and said goodbye. And it broke the power of that anger. Gone. Um, once in a while it shows its ugly head, mostly in traffic, <laughs> because there's certain things in the world that we can't fix, like, you know, seemingly surrounded by stupid people, but, um, it isn't so much that people are stupid. They're distracted. They are unevolved and they have no situational awareness whatsoever. Like that describes seems like 80% of the population. Um, and, but ultimately it comes down to the fact that they haven't put into practice anything that we're talking about today. So of course they're not paying attention to what's going on around them, you know, and because of that, that causes other things, you know? Um, and so I can't say what the issue could be for you. I have no way of knowing. Um, but you do, uh, and I'll be frank with you. It's, it could be scary to dig into the darkness, you know, uh, especially if it's been there for a long time. Uh, but I can tell you this from personal experience and from others, personal experience that I'm close to is that it doesn't matter how dark the darkness is. Once you shine light on it, it's easy to move away from. And, uh, there may be pain, there may be tears for the moment. Any kind of death has a cycle to it of grief, you know, and there are some times where there's things that we've held on to in our life to where they're so familiar to us, even though they're painful, to let them go means they got to die. You know, in other words, they're dead to us. And because we're so familiar with that pain, uh, the grieving process can be challenging at times. But just understand that this is medicine, you know. Um, I remember whenever I was maybe in first grade, something like that, I was uh, riding my bike and I fell off of it. And the we lived in this alleyway in these row houses <laughs> whenever I was in first and second grade, not exactly an exciting place to live, but it was what it was. Um, and so along the edge, like right where the roadway or the alleyway met up with the sidewalk, um, it wasn't really well finished with macadam. And so there were a bunch of like sharp stones right along the edge of the curb. And that's where my knee landed, was right on one of those sharp stones. 
and I gashed it open pretty good. And uh, so uh, mom brought me into the house and my aunt Catherine was there who at the time was probably in her late teens, maybe 17, 18. And um, so they laid me down, told me to lay down on the floor um, in uh, my parents' bedroom. They had a bathroom off to the side. And then mom told me to, or told my aunt to sit on me to hold me down because she needed to clean out this gash that I had on my knee. And so mom is pouring peroxide and alcohol and stuff like that into an open wound, you know, and as you would imagine, it hurts a lot. And based upon that experience initially, you would think that my mother hated me because she was inflicting pain <laughs> and a lot of pain on her that because she had to get the dirt out, right? And uh, eventually she got it mostly cleaned out. I still actually have a dark mark on my knee uh, in the scar. I think she missed a <laughs> couple bits of dirt in there um, or something. But once she got it all cleaned out and everything, then she bandaged, bandaged it all up. It didn't really need stitches. Um, probably could have, I guess. I don't know. But she bandaged it, bandaged it all up and I lived to tell about it. Here I am today. Um, so uh, the pain was brief but it was intense and I survived it. And it was the only thing that allowed me to move forward. If she hadn't done anything with it, the dirt could have made my leg septic. I could have ended up losing a leg. I could have lost my life. If it was left go, you know, for, I mean, who knows? Right. And, um, unfortunately it seems like a lot of people live their lives on the verge of being septic spiritually in their belief systems, you know, it doesn't make them bad people or anything like that. Um, it just means that it's time to clean out the bad stuff because the good is so much better. You know, it's such a better way of living, um, to embrace your dreams, to have hope, to be happy. You know, these are things that we all deserve. We all deserve to be loved. We all want hope. Um, and not just hope from the sake of hope never becoming anything, but hope being dreams realized. Um, we all want and deserve that. And in spite of what you may think, you can have it. It's not just a possibility. You can have those things. You can live those things. But um, there are steps involved to keep that flow mo moving you know what is that going to look like for you i can't say i don't know um and it you know it's easy to point to people and say oh well that's easy to, for you to say because you have this successful business and you've been doing this for years and blah 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 well i do have a successful business a couple of them and i have been doing it for years but there was a time where I wasn't. And uh, if you had conversations with my best friends from back then, they'll tell you how it was. They'll tell you how I was. 
I wasn't like I am today. I'm the way I am today because I've constantly made different choices and moved away from the crap and embraced who I am as a person. There was a time where I did not believe in myself at all. And there was a time where I faked it really good. But deep down, in quietness, I didn't believe it. I was living a lie. Uh, and that's not in the uh, distant past either, by the way. Just a few short years ago, you know, I was playing a role. I was uh, a LARP, as they say, a live-action role player uh, in my own life. <laughs> I was uh, Tony being played by Tony. <laughs> and a lot of it was real and all of that, of course, you know, the experiences that I've had, I've had. I mean, you know, I did work as a pro photographer. I did manage a printing company. I did work as a cover designer. All that stuff is true, you know. Um, but other parts of me, I thought were broken and I didn't think anybody would want to see. And the proof that I used to justify that fact was how every time I would get around others, they would point out things that I could or should do that just didn't feel right to me. But in an effort to please them or whatever, I'd go along with it. And ultimately I realized, you know, that's a bunch of shit. And I need to be me, whatever that looks like. And here's the reality of it. If in me being real and me revealing who I am as a person, which Nerd Unscripted is a part of that, and you don't like it, nothing I can do about that. That's on you. You know, you don't have to listen to me. I'm not twisting your arm. But you're here because you do seem to have a connection with it. You're all weirdos, like I am. Um, and I mean that in the best possible way. Uh, weird is good, <laughs> in my opinion. And so now I feel like anything I can use from my own experience uh, to make you better and to help you discover who you really are and what that looks like and absolutely love it, then I'm going to do that. To me, it's worth it. It's worth being transparent and honest um, and revealing at times if it can help somebody else. If you talk to Kristen, we've been together now for four years, together as a couple. I mean, we've been friends for longer. And if you talk to Kristen, she will tell you that it's been a hell of a ride um, in some very, very positive ways. But as far as personal growth, um, I think it's been really challenging for her at times because, um, well, she has to deal with me, <laughs> the eternal optimist. Um, although I did go through a, a funk period about a year and a half ago, two years ago now, but <clears throat> you know, whenever she comes at me with, cause she handles a lot of the budgeting and all of that for the, uh, the big businesses. Uh, and she's like, I don't know what we're going to do. And you know, it's very much weighing on her and you can tell, you know, and then I'm like, Hey, I don't know what to do either, but somehow or another, it's going to work out. 
And honestly, I, she's never really said this, but I think she probably gets tired of me saying that sometimes. Um, except that I'm just not going to stop. <laughs> because I don't have proof that it's not going to work this time. Um, but I have a lot of proof that it will. Uh, so that's just how how I choose to live these days. And it's a much better way of living. Um, I have, we have a lot of big dreams, like insane dreams, uh, many of which I've shared here before. And I'll be honest with you, I have no idea how they're going to happen. I have no clue. Certainly don't have the money. Um, that's for sure. It is not in my hands at this moment. Um, otherwise, it, those other things would be happening. But I'm also not stressed out about it either because I know that I know why I'm here. I know what I'm called to. I know what we are supposed to do as a couple. And I trust that when the timing is right and we need what we need, it's going to be here. You can call it faith. You can call it hope. Call it whatever you want. But that's what gets me up in the morning. And if you haven't figured it out yet, I absolutely love doing what I do. Um, I just love it. You know, I like being able to share uh, with all of you. I love creating courses and teaching. And I love the topics that those are about. Um, it's fun. And with how things go with us and how we enjoy doing what we're doing and living the dream, so to speak, I can't help but want that for everyone. Um, and so I think that's all that I have for right now. Hopefully you've garnered some seeds out of all of that, which speaking of seeds, I think I... I talk to so many people about these kinds of concepts. I don't remember what I say where, but my daughter has this big oak tree next to her house. Huge. <laughs> I don't even know how old it is. But I'll tell you one thing. That thing cranks out acorns like there's nobody's business. I mean, it's like a acorn factory. It cranks those things out there everywhere. Um, but what's amazing to me when you think about an acorn... Everything needed to create that oak tree is embedded in that uh, acorn. It's all programmed in there. It's in the DNA, you know. You plant that sucker in the ground and you care for it. It's going to grow an oak tree that's going to produce even more acorns. You don't plant it in the ground. You just set it on your shelf. You're not going to get a tree. But that doesn't uh, change the fact that everything necessary to grow an oak tree is embedded in that uh, acorn. And the same is true with us. Whatever you're called to, whatever you're here for, everything you need is embedded in you. It's programmed into your DNA. Your physical DNA, your spiritual DNA, your emotional DNA, whatever that looks like, it's in there. You plant it, you water it, you nurture it, it's going to grow. It's going to come out. It can't not grow. Okay? 
it can't not grow. Unless you set it on a shelf. And do nothing with it. And then guess what? Nothing will happen. It won't grow. You'll have a nice acorn. You know? Can you imagine how many acorn and or let's phrase it this way. Imagine how many oak tree oak tree deaths are on the hands of squirrels everywhere. <laughs> Millions of oak trees have never grown because some squirrel ate the nut. But then by the same token, there are also millions of oak trees that have grown because squirrels bury the acorns and then forget where they stuck them. <laughs> and all of a sudden, here comes this oak tree. Thank you, Mr. Squirrel. You know, A, for not eating me, and B, putting me in a place where I can grow. <laughs> so, I don't know what that means at all. <laughs> Other than the fact that the the story is true. Um, you know, that we have everything in us we need to succeed. And so if things aren't playing out the way you think they should, then it's time to activate one of those areas that obviously isn't activated. So let me uh, go through comments and questions here real quick. We have a few. William says, the role of the mind in having mental discipline are crucial for success. It's very unfortunate that so many people ignore this aspect of success and living the good life. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's why I keep talking about it. You know, I remember who I was as a person 20 years ago. Um, I was a workaholic. I wasn't the best dad. And I didn't know any of this. Well, maybe 25 years ago. We might have to go back a little further. Um, but I didn't know any of it. I didn't. It was like I was so unaware of it that I didn't even know it was a thing. Um, you know, that you could actually discipline your mind. And I don't remember if I shared this last week or not, but one of the things that I think I did, one of the things that first got me into it was um, forcing myself to wake up at specific times. You know, that's the first step that I took <coughs> in mental discipline. And now, I mean, it's it's commonplace. I can do whenever I want, whatever I want. Um, you know, just uh, Saturday, I think it was, I was working in my office all day and Chris, Kristen was downtown because it was um, uh, National Toy Store Day or something like that. Uh, neighborhood Toy Store Day. That's what it was. And so I was here working and got really hungry so I put on a pizza or something. And, and it's funny, like I didn't sit here at my computer thinking, I'm going to walk out there right when the timer goes off for the pizza. And I certainly don't have that good a sense of time, I don't think. But um, it's funny, I was, I was in here working, and all of a sudden I just felt this, like, it's done kind of thing. 
not that it even came to me in words. In words, it was just like a knowing. And so I just casually got up. I walked down the hall toward the kitchen, walked into the kitchen, and uh, just as I'm getting ready to reach for the uh, oven door, the timer bell rang. Just like that. I mean, I literally could not have timed it any closer if I wanted to. But I didn't sit here to think about doing that. You know, it just happened. It's practice. And mental discipline is like that. Mental toughness is like that. You have to practice it. You know, it's uh, facing fear. Sometimes you got to face fear and stare it down. You know, sometimes you just have to do that. And it's scary, especially when it's supernatural scary. Um, it can be really challenging. But um, it's to get to where you want to be, literally, that has to be a part of your process. Uh, interesting. Um, George Ann says, uh, regarding the sound stuff, um, I think these abnormalities uh, are related to what you're saying. Could be. <laughs> Tony says we are all weird as compared to other folks' weirdness. Sure, yeah. And William also says embracing our authentic self is so, so critical. It is. And I, I'll let you in a little secret, and I've shared this before. Um, one of the... Let's see, how do I want to word this? One of the subtleties that you really want to pay attention to is um, self-deception. Uh, in other words, believing that you are being authentic to yourself. And you are uh, to 90, 95% of who you are. But then hiding that other 5%, that little secret, as if it didn't exist. I, I'd love to tell you that you can get away with that and it'll never come back to haunt you. But I'd be lying to you. It will catch up to you. Like being authentic and embracing who you are as a person, that means 100%, good and bad and ugly. Uh, it's not 95% making the 95% 100%. I've been there, done that. Um, and self deluded myself to believe that I was 100% authentic and I wasn't. So I know that it's real. <laughs> that you know so you just want to pay attention to that even the bad stuff that you think is bad may not be bad to other people but you've made it out to be bad you have to embrace that too <laughs> kathy says yep we're just a bunch of weirdo groupies i knew i liked you guys uh chris says love your attitude optimism's unique weirdness keep it up that's the plan Leslie asks a good question. Um, how do you discover who you really are? Um, that's a, such a good question. And it seems hard. But what I found is, is that the 100% us is really just a, a summation of 
I'll put it this way and then explain. It's a summation of all those things, spoken and unspoken, hidden and in open, that make us happy. That's the real us. Okay, so I'm not excluding the negative things that have happened because they have. And there's some people that have experienced horrific things um, from abuse to all kinds of horrible things. But there's something that I've realized is that while those things often shape us to who we are today, we are not that. We are not those negative experiences. We are so much more. And so while they contributed to us, thank you very much for giving us the strength that we need to keep moving, um, they can't define us. What defines us are the things that make us happy. You know, um, in all of their weirdness. Uh, you know, so like, I was paranoid for years to mention anything about the supernatural weirdness that was here uh, in the house and other experiences. And it certainly wasn't all positive, trust me. Um, but that doesn't define who I am, those weirdo negative experiences. But they were still a part of my life. And so now I've figured out how to embrace that as part of who I am, because it was. But not from a, a defining perspective of, I'm always going to have this weird negative shit happening in my life but more from a perspective of I'm a strong person now. I don't have to fear this anymore. I don't have to hide it anymore. You know? And so that's where part of, you know, while it is a part, it's not defining me negatively. It's just part of the skin I'm in, so to speak. So while I'm not actively going around looking for ghosts and spirits and you know witches and stuff like that and i don't mean witches in a um in a negative sense because i i mean i'm using that as a more generic phrase rather than referring to a group of people because we had some very negative experiences with local covens um but like i'm not going looking for that oh yay Another dead cat, cat gutted on my porch. Hooray, this is an awesome day. You know, that's what I mean. Um, I'm not going to look for that. But um, those experiences showed me the strength that I have. And that strength is a very positive definition of who I am as a person. And so it's not so much the negative experience, but what it has forged in us that is positive. I hope that makes sense. You know, clear as mud. Tony says, pity we are so far away. I've got a couple of squirrels in our garden that would uh, take care of all those acorns for you. <laughs> they emptied our horse chestnut all by themselves this fall. I bet. <laughs> They're busy little creatures. Uh, George Ann says, I've learned so much and feel enriched listening to uh, your last two weeks. Well, thanks. I really appreciate that. I mean, 
differences aside, you know, because we all have differences, um, we're all here for a reason, you know, and that reason is unique to us. And I think the more of humanity that can embrace the fact that we're all here on this planet for a reason and separate that from the hate and manipulation and lies and everything that we see so much in the world today. If we could just embrace those things to the simple things, loving one another, um, encouraging hope and uh, courage, you know, those things, if we can do that for our fellow humans, <laughs> um, how much better would the world be as opposed to the insanity that we have right now? And so to me, um, I have opinions just like everyone. I have beliefs just like everyone. But I refuse to allow your differences, your different opinions, to separate me from you. I mean, I'm sure just here in the U.S., some of you are Republicans and some of you are Democrats. Some of you might be Independents or Green Party or whatever. And on the surface... If you're one and I'm the other, we shouldn't agree on anything. But I refuse to allow that to define who I am, you know, as a person when it comes to interacting with other people. I'm just, same with religion, you know. Um, it's not my place to tell you what to believe. That's your personal experience. So who the hell am I to tell you that you should or shouldn't believe a certain way? You know, who am I to tell you that you should or shouldn't love one person over another? It's not my job. It's not my role. A lot of people think it is <laughs> their role, but that's just not my place. My place is to be inclusive and um, to shine light on darkness. That's why I'm here. So anyway... Uh, Steve says political parodies best to agree that we disagree and avoid the violence. Yeah, we can have differing op opinions. That's what makes us human. I mean, how awesome is that? Can you imagine if everybody believed things the same way you did? Wow, that'd be boring, <laughs> like incredibly boring. Uh, we actually need the diversity in opinion because what if everybody believed what one person said and they were wrong, you know? So I love the fact that there's diversity in it. It's just when it's taken too far and used as weapons against other people. That's when I start to have an issue with it all. So that's all I have, folks. Thank you very much for listening again. Sorry for the uh, audio, whether it was GoToWebinar or my computer or, you know, other powers that shouldn't be in my office right now. Um, we got to the end regardless. <laughs> Steve says, avoid a Pied Piper society. Yeah, amen. And uh, William says, great comment, Tony. The rigidities of ideology today are a real problem. Far too many believe, far too many today believe it is my way or they shoot the messenger, even literally. 
Yeah, unfortunately, you're right. And I really want to see that um, change for sure. Uh, Gary says, thanks for your story. And Suzanne asks, is there a class tonight? Um, I don't think so. Uh, we wrapped up. We were doing um, book uh, book design mastery. And we wrapped that last week. So don't think there's anything tonight. Unless I'm overlooking. <laughs> Which is entirely possible. And Gary says, thanks for your story. You're very welcome. Uh, Georgian says, interesting. I wasn't the only one experienced weird audio. No, it sounds like it was a thing. Not sure why. Hopefully the uh, recording will be good. Um, usually it is. I always have multiple recording sources running simultaneously. So one way or another, we've got it. All right, folks. Enjoy the rest of your week. And we will meet together again here next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern.